The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little bit about analytics and marketing mix. Joining us is Mark Stoos, who is the CEO of Proof Analytics, which is a marketing analytics platform that helps CMOs and CFOs bridge the ROI gap by providing cause and effect analytics that show marketing and sales true business impact and financial worth. And today, Mark and I are going to talk about marketing, innovation, and RevOps. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Mark Stoos, the CEO of Proof Analytics. Mark, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Excited to have you as my guest. Excited to talk a little bit about some of the numbers behind the marketing efforts. We live in kind of a strange time and place right now. Rumor has it the CMOs are dinosaurs and soon to be extinct, and their lunch is getting eaten by this new predatory animal called the CRO who is basically the VP of sales coming in to manage sales, marketing, customer success, all the way through the revenue cycle. So for the marketers that are listening to this podcast, specifically the executive ones, tell me a little bit about what they need to know in terms of the environment today about proving their value and their worth. How should we think about marketing, innovation, rev ops? Should we be scared? What's the landscape look like today for the CMOs? Well, I think that the landscape for CMOs is very much the way it has been for the last, say, five or six years. We continue to see kind of 24 months, maybe a little longer than that, 28 months, as being a normal in and out period for the average CMO. The interesting thing about it here is, and this is something that I keynoted about right before COVID at South by, is that if the CMO has a number one enemy, it is something called time lag. And time lag is, for most people, the invisible, unknown amount of time that it takes for a given marketing investment to actually have an understandable impact. And in many cases, particularly in enterprise B2B, the time lag can be many months. And in fact, this is the number one reason why brand investments typically get such a jaundiced eye from the CFO. It's not that they are not supremely important and effective. They really are, and the analytics really show that. 
but no one knows how long it takes for those investments to pay off. And they are considerably more delayed than most things that you would kind of put into the demand category. And so what we find frequently, because a lot of times we are brought into a company, company buys a license to proof right after a CMO leaves. So marketing a lot of times passes under the temporary control of the CRO or the chief operating officer, or sometimes even the CFO. And those kinds of people tend to say, okay, this is a great opportunity to put a single source of truth into this equation so that when the new person comes in, this is already done. And what we find over and over and over again is that the investments that the recently departed CMO made actually were in many cases performing really, really well. But because of time lag, no one knew. Mark, you're preaching to the choir. You're speaking my language. Let me shout this from the mountaintop, that sometimes some of the most strategic marketing investments and some of the most effective activities you can have as a marketer don't show up in today's reporting. And as somebody who works in content marketing, helps people create podcasts, focuses on podcast growth, you know, I'd throw this medium in there as well. I talk a lot about this, about how content marketing takes time to mature. Nobody became blog famous from writing one blog post. You have to consistently post content daily, weekly, monthly for a long period of time until you start to get traction. But once you do, you've now built a sustainable base that keeps creating value. So when you're thinking about your marketing efforts, you can use, you know, PPC as sugar and see an immediate return right away, or you can eat your broccoli and start doing content marketing, and that will eventually make you bigger and stronger. So to me, what you're talking about is very channel specific. What are some of the channels that you see that have been able to help CMOs bridge the gap between that problem with time lag? Is it all, I need my performance marketing right now so I can invest in my organic and growth marketing down the road? How do you balance the various channels? Yeah, so this is classic portfolio investing. I mean, if you think about your 401k. This is diversification, not just across many different kinds of investments qualitatively, but also in terms of time horizon. How long is it going to take for each one of those to pay off? And what does that say about your risk in those investments? So if you kind of think about it as true portfolio management, the principles that the guy who manages my money uses to do that apply equally for a CMO. The thing is, is that you can't just do it intuitively, right? You have to have software. The aided human brain is the thing here. You're not trying to replace the human brain. But if you are just trying to do it all by yourself, there's a lot of evidence in the scientific world that says that the human brain maxes out at three or four variables. And if one or more of those is heavily time lagged, it's even fewer. So in the complexity that we look at today in marketing, you cannot do this intuitively. It's impossible. You should not feel that that makes you less than in any way, shape, or form. This is a human limitation. It has nothing to do with you. The other thing I would just say about this is that in times of great change, lots of volatility, high velocity change, we would all say is the last four years minimum. Definitely since 2020. Yeah, but if you compare it to 
2019 versus 2020 versus 2021 versus 2022 year to date, the idea that past is prologue does not exist. So if you took your understanding, your belief of your performance in 2020, so heavily impacted by COVID and a lot of other things, and you use that to plan for 2021, you would have gotten more than half of it wrong in terms of channels. The relative stack ranks for each one of those years in terms of what's really working versus what's not working and all that kind of stuff has been extremely fluid. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So let's talk a little bit about marketing innovation, right? We've got this notion that some channels take time to evolve. There's an incubation, a cultivation time before you realize the value from those channels. Content marketing, building your brand. But on the flip side, when you look at what the world was like two years ago and what was effective then, it's dramatically different now. So how do you place these forward-looking bets that take six months to multiple years to cultivate. I'm going to focus on a brand building effort. I'm going to launch a podcast. I'm going to create a social media following, knowing that, well, it might not be Facebook in two years. It might be TikTok or not TikTok. It could be something we haven't even heard of yet. And it's also not just about channel choice. Clearly, it's about the content, the types of content you put in those channels. It also, you know, the other thing you've got to factor into it is that 60% minimum of what is impacting what you do is the stuff that you don't control. So this could be everything from what your competitors are doing, the macroeconomic picture, consumer confidence, weather. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. This brings us to marketing mix modeling. So marketing mix modeling has been around as a mathematical technique. For 30 plus years, Procter Gamble was the first one to really do it at scale. They still rely on it at scale. 
The problem with MMM historically, and actually this is not just MMM, it's analytics more broadly, is that most of them have been delivered by teams of human beings. And the issue there is not about the quality of math or their relative genius as mathematicians or anything like that. It's about things that go directly to the issue of operationalizing the analytics into the decision-making process. So it's a very slow process. It's a very difficult process to scale having multiple models across multiple markets or multiple product lines or multiple business units or anything like that is typically very difficult and extremely expensive. So a classic delivery of MMM from a company like Nielsen, historically, would be pay us two and a half to three and a half million dollars. We'll build you one or two models. Those models will be recalculated every six to 12 months and you'll get your answer. The problem is that the latency and all that kind of stuff is so bad. It's not about the accuracy of the calculation. It's about the latency that even though there's forecasting, because this is classic multivariable regression math, right? So there's a forecast. By the time the marketers get the forecast, the forecast is already in the past. So there's no way to actually use it. We automated it so that you can wrap it. It actually proof works like a GPS to answer your question specifically about how do you manage all this in light of all these changing factors. You're including all those changing factors, or at least the ones that you can identify and know about, into the model. And as the forecast updates with reality and shows you how you're doing against the forecast, and what may be pushing you off course or slowing you down or whatever, you can toggle the variables and create alternative scenarios. It's what you would experience on your phone is being rerouted. Right. So I'm going to bring it back. We're going to get a little bit more into marketing mix modeling in, in one of the episodes later this week. So before we get too far down into the math and how the model works, you know, we talked about how marketers are faced with challenges because they don't have a lot of time to operate, that there's this need for innovation because the channels are constantly changing. And you're saying, hey, you need to take a data-driven approach to figuring out what is working to be able to reroute or course correct as quickly as possible. But there's also this notion that it's not just the marketers anymore, that it's not just, hey, how am I driving marketing performance, but we have to go farther down into the funnel Talk to me about the connection between marketing and RevOps and how the data is starting to flow between what used to be your classic marketing operations. Am I getting impressions, visibilities, and a B2B sense? Am I getting my MQLs? Am I driving, uh, I guess, B2C people to product pages? And then how are we thinking about RevOps where it's actually getting people over the line, getting the credit card out of their pocket, getting them to buy a product or service? I think that today, the answer to your question is very situational. I think that for many companies, RevOps is nothing more than marketing ops, whatever that means in their world. More aspirationally, and certainly there are companies that have gone there who have transcended the app just an aspiration. It is the integration of sales ops, marketing ops, and customer success ops into one holistic understanding of here are all the investments that we're making across marketing, sales, customer success, other things having to do with CX, right? What is the journey like? What is the relative importance of these various components at any point in the journey? 
what is the ultimate revenue driver contribution of each one of these pieces at any given time. That is a highly mature understanding of RevOps. I think the biggest limitation for a lot of RevOps teams is that the whole concept is still fairly new. And the people who are going into it haven't been doing it for very long. They could be brilliant at it, but they haven't done it for very long. So the level of overall maturity is kind of all over the place, depending on what company or team you're talking about. They're also very hard to find. Really great RevOps talent, very, very tough to find. The new unicorns. So if marketers have this problem of time to maturity for a marketing campaign and they're basically making operational decisions on data that is no longer relevant. Is this something that's also happening sort of down channel? Yeah. Let's be clear here. One thing that I think any data scientist would totally validate. Data is really important, but data by itself is always and only about the past. It is about this happened at this time in this place it tells you nothing about why. So it's like you could see the final score for an NBA game and it would give you what happened, but it wouldn't tell you anything about why one team won, right? You'd have to go deeper. Analytics is about the relationship. This is like Moneyball. Mm-hmm. This is analytics, not data that we're talking about now. This is about the relationships that exist causally or not between data sets. This is also the only way that you can do forecasting with any reliability with the causal element in place. So, Mark, what I'm hearing from you is that marketers are often using intuition and they don't have the processing power to be able to make sense of what's really happening in the market because there are so many dynamic changes that are happening in the marketplace today. And that's okay. You don't have to have a superpower processing brain to be able to be a great marketer, but you do need to understand that there are limitations to your ability to interpret what's happening in the marketplace and evaluate all of the channels and all of the factors that are changing your business. And if that's the case, you need to start to think about your analytics, your data, your data science to be able to truly understand and grow in your market. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Mark Stoos, the CEO of Proof Analytics, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Mark and I are going to continue the conversation and talk about tying marketing to measurable results. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Mark, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Mark Stoos, that's M-A-R-K-S-T-O-U-S-E, or you could visit his company's website, which is proofanalytics.ai. Mark is also the host of the Accelerating Value podcast. So if you'd like to hear a little bit more about Mark, you can look for Accelerating Value in your podcast feed. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. 
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.